And now the good news. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy long weekend. I hope you have something wonderful planned for the next few days. I'm Barbara Jean, your host for tonight, and I am so excited to bring you some good, juicy news. And a lot of it is from the Good News Network, which is where we get a lot of our great information. Well, let's begin with some health science stuff. There's some, uh, maybe some really good news on the Parkinson's front. So there's a new blood test that could diagnose Parkinson's before it begins damaging the nervous system. And that could be a huge win for people. American scientists developed a test that focuses on damage to microchondrial DNA in the body, in the blood rather, linked with Parkinson's disease. Current diagnosis of Parkinson's are largely based on clinical symptoms after significant neurological damage has already occurred. And researchers hope this new test could be used to diagnose patients prior to that damage happening, which I think would be brilliant news. Parkinson's is the second most common neurological disease behind Alzheimer's. The progressive disorder affects the nervous system and parts of the body controlled by nerves and affects about 10 million people across the globe. It affected my father was one who had Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. So I'm interested in this study. Uh, the study team led by neuroscientists at Duke University School of Medicine, they focused their work on DNA damage in the mitochondria. And mitochondria can contain their own DNA, which can undergo damage separately from the nuclear DNA that encodes most of an organism's genome. And previous studies have shown the association between uh, mitochondrial DNA damage and an increased risk of Parkinson's disease. So the researchers had previously reported an accumulation of such DNA damage in the brain tissue of deceased Parkinson's patients and that this was reflected in the mitochondria. A simple blood test would allow us to diagnose the disease earlier and start therapies sooner. Additionally, a clear-cut diagnosis would accurately identify patients who could participate in drug studies, leading to the development of better treatments and potentially even cures. So that is great news on this long weekend. All right, so moving right along. Well, you know, with all the things going on in our environment, aren't we looking for clean energy? So here's these science guys, man, the things they come up with blow me away. Australian scientists have discovered an enzyme that converts air into energy by using the low amounts of hydrogen in the atmosphere to create an electrical current. Who knew? The enzyme in question is called HUC. It's made by bacteria and helps them with growth and survival in soil, in the oceans, in volcanic craters, and even Antarctica. Monash microbiologists have now discovered it can make electricity from thin air. The important discovery is outlined in the journal Nature. Uh, Professor Greening's lab specializes in how bacteria obtain energy. Dr. Grinter's lab focuses on the molecular machines that make up bacteria and how they work. 
He says, we've known for some time that bacteria can use the trace hydrogen in the air as a source of energy, but we didn't know how they did this until now. Uh, Huckworks has a hydrogen gas scavenger, and unlike all other known enzymes and chemical catalysts, it can consume the gas below atmospheric levels. In this way, it's like a natural battery, making a small electrical current from air or added hydrogen. Science has been stumped as to how it worked. This finding opens the way to create devices that literally make energy in the form of electricity from thin air. Talk about change the game. If we could do that, boy, I'll tell you, we could clean up this planet in short order. And boy, would that make some kids in Montana happy. So this story for me was uh, just remarkable news. Some Montana youths sued the state over climate change and won. Yeah, yeah, who knew, right? <laughs> so in a historic first, 16 young plaintiffs sued the state of Montana and won after asserting that the U.S. state violated their constitutional right to a clean and healthful environment. In the 103-page decision filed this month in Held versus State of Montana, Judge Kathy Seeley of the First Judicial District Court ruled in their favor based on the state's own constitution. The 50-year-old document declares that citizens have a right to a clean and healthful environment and that each Montanan shall maintain and improve a clean and healthful environment in Montana for present and future generations. So it's in their constitution. With its decree, the court also invalidated as unconstitutional certain Montana laws that promoted fossil fuels without even considering climate change. The court ruled the youth plaintiffs had proved their standing to bring the case by showing significant injuries, the government's substantial role in causing them, and that a judgment in their favor would change the government's conduct. Well, let's hope. Local news reports say the case was the first case challenging state and national climate and energy policies to make it to trial in the United States and is now the first in which the plaintiffs were victorious. Wow, that is big, big news when you can sue the state. Judge Seeley's findings of fact, conclusions of law and order set forth critical evidentiary and legal precedent for the right of youth to a safe climate, including these highlights. Every additional ton of GHG emissions exasperates plaintiff's energy and risks locking in irreversible climate injuries. Plaintiff's injuries will grow increasingly severe and irreversible without science-based actions to address climate change. Plaintiffs have proven that as children and youth, they are disproportionately harmed by fossil fuel pollution and climate impacts. The state authorizes fossil fuel activities without analyzing GHGs or climate impacts. Montana has the authority under the statutes by which they operate to protect Montana's environment and natural resources, protect the health and safety of Montana's youth. So the youth were represented in part by attorneys with Our Children's Trust, 
who claimed it is a sweeping win. As fires rage in the West, today's ruling in Montana is a game changer that marks a turning point in this generation's efforts to save the planet from the devastating effects of human-caused climate chaos. And we're seeing those fires you know, we've seen it in Maui, we've seen it all across Canada, and we've seen it throughout the US, and we've seen it in Australia, all over the world, actually. The planet's heating up, and it's time we make a difference, and these kids are awesome. Well, before we go on to our next story, let's take a little commercial break, and we will be right back with more good news on the New Thought Media Network. Stay tuned. I was made in the image, I was made in the image of love, I was made in the image, I was made in the image of love, here and now I can see I was made beautifully, I was made in the image, I was made in the image of We'd all stop acting like we're strangers if we could see underneath. We are one family, and it don't matter, don't matter where you come from. Every heart beats to the rhythm of one. Thought Media Network is on the rise. We're looking to grow with you. Do you have technical media experience or perhaps a desire to learn? Are you willing to volunteer your precious time and attention? We share this message to benefit all. If you possess a computer with a camera and a microphone, we will share our knowledge with you. Behind the scenes or being the star, let us bless our one. Contact us at info at ntmedia.org. And more good news. Don't you just love that? Every heart beats to the rhythm of one love. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. All righty. So here is a beautiful young woman who, after losing her grandfather, decided she just could not throw his clothing away. And so she is upcycling these shirts and stuff into cute tops and 
just doing some amazing, amazing stuff. So she didn't want to throw the stuff away. This 21-year-old uses scissors and sewing machine to transform pieces pulled from a bag of her late grandfather's clothing, rearranging them into cool designs to be worn by youngsters. So far, Issy Spurway has upcycled over 100 garments, and she demonstrates the designs on her TikTok social channel. When my grandma died, grandpa died, I didn't want to throw his clothes away, but I didn't want to wear them. So I made them into something I could wear and take a piece of him with me, said the Longborough University textile student. I actually think it helped with the grieving process, as I know he would have loved it. How sweet is that? I love that. I have a sweater of my dad's that every now and again I put on. I didn't upcycle it. I just wear it the way it is. But there's something, I don't know, cozy about it. So she goes on to say, over the months I've improved. I improved and before I knew it had quite a following. I think it's because a lot of people love their grandparents and keep their clothes as sentimental pieces after they've passed. That is a really beautiful story. And, you know, something to think about, again, going back to the climate. We don't want to be filling the trash bins and landfills. We want to just keep using things, right? And these clothes, what a good idea. All right, so 20 things that make people feel good. Well, obviously, the New Thought Media Network. But beside that, let's take a look at London. So a poll of 2,000 adults revealed that the top 20 things that make us feel good, uh, good night's sleep, sunny blue sky coming in at numbers one and two, 45% said a nice compliment is guaranteed to boost their mood, while laughing until tears flowed also scored high. Yeah, laughter is, that's beautiful. The average respondent experiences these uplifting moments three times a day and claims that in a typical week, they feel good about their day four times out of, uh, out of their day, four times out of seven. But some are finding it increasingly hard to be happy. In fact, 83% said they pro proactively avoid negative stories on social media and TV due to it leaving them feel emotionally drained. Well, I gave up watching the news years ago but I'm okay with this. Good news. The survey commissioned by the cheese company, Baby Bell, also found that nearly half of Londoners would welcome a pick-me-up. In response, the brand has created the Goodness Bench inside King's Cross train station in London as part of its Join the Goodness campaign. Gotta love that. It's designed to spread feel-good vibes by sharing a few positive news stories from the week while donating to its long-standing charity partner, Comic Relief. Every time someone sits on the bench. A spokesperson for the brand said, we all need a boost from time to time and feeling good comes, goes hand in hand with doing good, which is why we wanted to spread positivity through this activation. And isn't that what this network is all about? spreading all kinds of good news and positivity and just sharing the love, right? Every heart beats to the rhythm of one love. Oh, that was a good song. All right. Well, here's a little boy making a difference. Five years old, raising money for the uh, Lahaina Fire Relief. And he has raised over $17,000. Talk about 
Talk about an entrepreneur. So a young boy in, in Seattle is showing there's no barrier to entry for disaster relief. That's all it takes is a willing heart, a hot summer day, and some ice cold lemonade. Having recently returned from a family vacation on the Big Island, Amy Jewell and her husband were watching the devastation of the Lahaina fires on television when their son Edison asked them to turn it off because it was too sad. Parents take note. Shut it off when your children are in the room. That repeat cycle of the 24-hour news cycle, not healthy for any of us, but especially not our children. Um, they didn't realize the five-year-old could become so emotionally connected to an abstraction so far away and seen only on television. So they decided to take the time to make a life lesson out of it and explain what had happened to the famous Maui town. Edison immediately wanted to help and suggested setting up a lemonade stand like he saw once in Colorado. Amy and Edison's father thought it a great idea and so stocked up on pink and yellow lemonade, ice cream sandwiches, candy, sparkling water, and popsicles. The hard opening came Saturday on a busy Seattle street where the response was absolutely prolific, stunning the family. I, you know, I got to say that when it comes to doing good in the world, people step up. They step up in times of disaster. I wonder what it would take for them to step up Monday through Sunday, 365. Because we could. We could be doing stuff like this all the time. This little boy is a true inspiration. And I think we could use a little bit more of that. So lots of people matched, um, you know, even though the lemonade sold for a buck a cup, drivers regularly paid five, 10 or $20 with instructions to donate the change. Most people were like, this is so cool. What a great idea. Of course it is. Children are brilliant, you know, follow the children that they know what we need to do. Okay. Time for a giggle. Well, we've got a little video for you here that just made my heart sing. Deja, take it away. of a wee little child so completely open and free and beautiful four little puppies showering him with love uh you know this is what heaven feels like i'm sure so this little four-year-old just couldn't stop giggling as these little puppies were just licking and jumping on him and playing with him and uh deja my producer and i I had an experience with her little puppy where my grandson, my great grandson, uh, had a similar incident playing with this dog. There's something beautiful about kids and animals and the joy that brings. So I hope that lifted your Friday just a little bit. Woohoo! And here's an inspiration 90 years old and skydiving. Well, I'm not 90 and I haven't done it yet because I'm a little afraid of jumping out of planes. 
but here she is doing it for the second time. She did it for her 80th 10 years ago and she did it again on her 90th. I wonder if she'll do it for her 100th. Hmm, maybe. <laughs> Grandmother Oxley had a blast, but this July, it was once again time to think of something to get her as she neared the ninth decade of life, figuring it went all right before her two granddaughters decided to run it back and challenge their evergreen granny to take the plunge a second time. You only live once, she said after the skydive. The experience is lovely. Sometimes when I go shopping, I'm more nervous doing that. Isn't that interesting? I'd rather shop than skydive. But, you know, <laughs> look at that. The three of them are so beautiful. Granddaughter Stephanie and Daisy admitted they were terrified before jumping. And the staff at Skydive Headquarters in Nashville, Ken Kent couldn't believe how chilled out she was about the situation. Never in a million years when I did it when I was 80 did I think I would be here 10 years later, said Hillary, and admitted the birthday was really emotional because one family member got her a scratch-off lottery ticket from which she won a paid holiday to Marbella, Spain. <laughs> I'll tell you. This woman is sitting on horseshoes or something, but she's got a lot of good happening in her life. And that is a beautiful thing. And for anyone who's starting to feel a little aged, well, forget it. You're only as old as you think you are. So, all right. So a little hero story. We always like a little bit of, you know, information about the hero of the day, people who are doing a little extra going above and beyond. And an off-duty officer was hailed as a hero for rescuing a woman who disappeared underneath a waterfall. Uh, during a hired, high, <clears throat> excuse me, let me try that again. <laughs> during a hiking trip in Funday National Park, New Brunswick, which is in Canada, a group of swimmers had the good fortune of being found by some hikers that included an off-duty police officer who ended up saving their friend from a raging eddy. The officer, Bruce Lake, was exploring the Laverty Falls area with his wife and friends. And though being hailed as a hero, he was initially told that everything was okay. Thankfully, piercing the veil of the social contract, one of Lake's friends said that a woman out in the water appeared to be exhausted and might need some help. And that's when the whole party watched her disappear under the foam after making a short-lived attempt to return to shore. She was kind of stuck between these two little waterfalls, Lake recalled. She immediately went underneath and then came back again right near a rock and then grabbed the rock and held on. She was obviously a little scared. Uh, Global News quotes Dave Brosha, one of Lake's friends, who described the events as something out of a bad movie. After the woman disappeared a second time but wasn't re-emerging, that's when the aptly named Luke or Lake made his move, jumping into the water and swimming to the rock to help. Reaching the rock, the water was deeper than he expected and the rescue plan devolved to essentially waving his arms and legs about seeing if he could touch her and as fortune would have it, his hand brushed her arm. Grabbing her and swimming like mad, they approached their friends. So I pushed her toward the shore, her friend got her arm and then I lost touch with her. I was getting sucked back into the exact same spot and only for her to turn around and she reached her arm and I actually grabbed her arm and we got pulled out together. I'll tell you, you know, who knew? He saves her and then she saves him. 
That is a really, really beautiful, beautiful story. And you know, there's so much we can do to help each other. And I think remembering that is one of the most important things in this life journey that we're on. Because the journey is just that. It's a journey without a destination. And the only thing we can hope for is to do our very best moment by moment. All right, so here's an airline pilot who reunites a nine-year-old with her beloved doll. Aww. So from Texas comes the story of a girl named Beatrice who was taken to meet the captain on a flight home from Tokyo. Beatrice is an American girl doll. So anybody who knows the American girl dolls, we have them in Canada as well. They're called Maple Lee dolls. And they're beautiful. They come with a whole story. It's like they're a real little person. Well, Beatrice on her flight home uh, would see her reunited with her loving owner, nine-year-old Valentine Dominguez, who was left dev devastated after losing the doll on a similar trip a month before. Returning to Plano, Texas from a family trip uh, to Japan, Valentina and her parents frantically searched through the baggage, trying to find her best friend to no avail. Her father, Rudy, uh, reason they must have lost Beatrice at Tanita Airport or perhaps even left her on the plane. Fortunately, a social media post, you know, these posts get around, about the doll alerted a friend who alerted a neighbor who alerted American Airlines first officer of 30 years, James Danon, describing his readiness to help others as something in his nature. He got in contact with the lost and found staff at Turkish Airlines and was directed to their workers at Haneda Airport in Tokyo, who had by that time found Beatrice. It's my nature. I like helping people. That's just what I like doing, said Denon. Already he, that he had just so happened to fly to Tokyo often, he was really glad I could do something nice for somebody. It took Denon two such trips to finally get his hands on Beatrice. And last Monday, uh, Denon, who lives just a few miles from the Dominguez household, personally escorted Beatrice back into the loving arms of her best friend. How great is that? Somebody will go the extra mile for a doll and a little child. I love that. I love that. We live in a beautiful world. Don't ever forget it. Oh, and you know, we just got to have another little animal story before we close it all off. And horses are really remarkable animals. Uh, horses can see emotions in our face and voice, and I believe they can feel our emotional state, even when we're not showing it. So horses have incredible sensitivity to not only outward human emotions, such as joy and anger, but also inward low arousal emotions like sadness. This emotional sensitivity isn't limited simply to facial expressions, but extends to the sounds coming from the individual whom the horse is observing as well. Perhaps even more than other domestic animals like dogs, Horses are incredibly tuned into their environments. They've not only been selected for close cooperation with humans, but are herd animals of prey. As such, changes in the emotional contours of their surroundings are about the most important thing for a horse to be able to detect. I have a good friend who lived on an acreage in Alberta and had horses. And when she was learning how to ride, she was having trouble with her one horse. And the instructor told her, you have to be calm. The horse feels you. And this story is really talking about that. And it was when she got comfortable within herself that the horse got comfortable with her. We live in a 
you know, this intelligent dynamic universe, and we're all connected, animal, plant, human, it's all one. So uh, they went on to say in the study that sadness is an intriguing emotion, as it's not only negatively charged, but also represents a low arousal state. Previous studies have demonstrated that horses respond to high arousal emotions like anger or joy. However, they can also detect cues of low arousal emotions like sadness. We wanted to investigate whether horses can associate human expressions of sadness with the corresponding sounds as they do with joy and anger. And in the study, a horse, an image of a joyful face and a sad face, along with sounds and tones associated with those. When the sad tones were accompanied by a sad face or joy with joy, the horses could quickly change their focus. Wow. Horses are brilliant uh, as we all are. We're all part of this glorious universe. And I want to thank you for joining me tonight. I hope something said here has uh, triggered something beautiful in your heart and in your mind. And that as you go out into this long weekend, you bring your love, your light, your joy, and your beauty to the world around you. And I want to thank you. I'm Barbara Jean. This is the New Thought Media Network. And be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And by the way, donate to the New Thought Media Network. Thanks everybody, more good news next Friday. On behalf of everyone at New Thought Media Network, thank you for being a member of our virtual family. Your financial contributions help share the New Thought message with people from around the world. Please visit and contribute at www.ntmedia.org forward slash donate. New Thought Media Network. Come be you. And please like, share, and subscribe. Until next time, peace and blessings.